Join me in Matthew 28. Matthew chapter 28. This morning I want to address the subject of a beach haven future. And I'm going to begin a series of messages this morning and continue them for the next couple of months on a beach haven future. I promised you, I think it was back in February, that in the fall I would begin to unfold the direction I believe the Lord wants us to go in. And so we will cover that beginning this morning and continue on Wednesday nights from now until about the end of the year, give or take a week or two. But that's what I am anticipating. This morning I want to address uh, what, and next Sunday, why. Why shape a vision around the things that we're saying today? It's very important to have vision. Uh, In other words, a mental image directed by God of a preferable future. It's profoundly important. The student Christian movement began more than a century ago with a great objective to make Christ known and winning the world and evangelizing it in its generation. And they began with an awful lot of energy. They came out of the D.L. Moody era of evangelism, and their vision was global evangelism. And at that point in American history, Missions took on new urgency. But through the decades, the student Christian movement began to expand the definition of its mission from evangelization of the world and its generation to horizontal and social service, which is okay. But what happened is the evangelism and the gospel, the eternal items of its work, uh, they became obscured by an awful lot of social service. In fact, they began to ridicule those who focused on it. And they did well up until the 60s, but their central office in Europe closed, as did all their other offices in the 70s, and they went defunct. And they put on the door of their building in Central Europe, gone out of business because we didn't know what business we were in. We need to define what it is a church is all about. Well, the good news is that word has been delivered to us by none other than the head of the church, the Lord of the church, Jesus Christ. He's made it very clear. Vision answers what business we are in. Matthew chapter 28, beginning in verse 18, Jesus said, All authority is given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age." This morning, I want to speak to you for a moment on the vision process, vision statement, vision foundation, and vision priorities. And then I want to conclude with what I believe is a vivid and preferable mental picture of what that would look like. First, the process. Um, What I'm anticipating is this. First, this is not final. I want to involve the congregation and continue to involve our leaders in discussion of this. I've done that throughout this year. I've had nearly every deacon and his spouse and nearly every Sunday school teacher in my home for conversations about this. And then 
I have uh, remarked and worked with, uh, of course, our staff and a variety of others. Beginning in January, I'll start calling Sunday school classes into uh, my home. Sherry, Michelle, and I will host you, and we're wanting to talk with you about the future of Beach Haven Baptist Church. So anyone who is interested in helping us shape the future will have the opportunity. Uh, we're, we're going to be intense about that. That's a big value of mine. That's, that's in my heart to do. And I trust the people. That's one reason I'm a Baptist. I don't believe in a top-down from pastor and staff to the church. I do believe in leadership. Well, the top-down I do believe in is from the throne here. And that's sufficient and adequate for top-down. But we do have to lead and we do have to define. And I'm going to do all I can to involve those interested in helping shape the future in that discussion. So from October to December, we'll teach and discuss this. From January through July, I want to build our faith. We do have a challenge in front of us, and it's primarily mental and emotional and somewhat spiritual. And that is our congregation in large part views the pastor and staff as in the major league, playing the Braves and the Hawks and the Falcons. Much of the congregation, however, believes that it is in the minor leagues, playing the Knoxville Smokies and the Columbus Red Sticks, or a peewee team over in Oconee County. In other words, much of our congregation has a very low estimate about its potential of being used by God. And, and it's, it's modest, but it's a little too modest, and we're going to fix that next year. I, I believe, Lord willing, God is going to lead me to preach through the book of Genesis to build our faith. And I will be looking at that beginning in January. I haven't quite settled on that. I'm still praying about it. But if you could give me your prayers, I would appreciate that. In August, I'm hoping we will adopt, as a church family, a vision statement. And then in September, go to work. That's the process I'm looking at. But second, I'm looking um, at this next item. And that happens to be the vision statement or what I'm calling, uh, well, let me go back to the process for just a moment. Uh, move on to the next slide, if you don't mind. We do need to remodel buildings B and C. Um, I found Moses' footprint back there the other week, and it's in great need of doing that, all right? We do need to remodel buildings B and C. Um, if land becomes available, I want us to be positioned to purchase it. The manufacturer's not making any more land when it comes for sale uh, we, we need, especially when it's adjacent to the church property, we need to take that opportunity. We'll work with the congregation on all of that and follow our due process in that. We can take these opportunities, though, without becoming distracted. Uh, too often what happens in churches is that they grasp and gravitate towards buildings and budgets and land and become more excited over that than they do the spiritual eternal work. We'll have to guard ourselves about that. It's very appealing to do that. But I will, and our staff will, and our deacons will work really hard to keep us focused on the spiritual and the eternal, or none of this will be necessary. And so we want to create a need for remodeling buildings and create a need for more land. We do that by implementing a vision. Well, the second item happened to be the vision statements, and this is where it gets a bit complex because... What I'm uh, looking at here is a, a complex internal statement, an internal statement, and then an external statement. 
A vision statement is primarily for the church. Most lost people aren't beating down the websites to get to our vision statement. Uh, most of them don't really care. Uh, we'll, we'll put one up that they can understand, but primarily the vision statement is to activate the church and to define its ministry and priorities. And so I, I'm in favor of a complex statement. Uh, we'll have a simple internal statement as well, but then we will come up with an external statement that will be very, uh, very um, consistent with, with that. Um, so let me offer to you the complex internal statement that is on my heart and mind. You'll have the opportunity to shape this and give feedback, but right now this is what I'm thinking. Beach Haven Baptist Church seeks to follow Jesus Christ as Lord. As a global church, and that's not a misspelling, as a global church by winning, baptizing, and training great commissionaries from all nations, peoples, tribes, and languages of the athens Clark County region. Now, some words uh, deserve some definition. Glocal is one word. It's a combination of global and local, and it reflects the missions commitment of Beach Haven Baptist Church. Missions is evangelism across cultures, across languages, is what that is. Handing out bottled water may be a necessity and a good thing to do, but it's not missions. It's a good thing when people are thirsty, especially. Painting a house is a good thing and can be reflective of Christian love and service, but that's not missions. It's not missions until, and it's not kingdom. It's not missions or kingdom until you share the gospel. In missions across cultures or language barriers. And so, global reflects our global and local missions commitment. Since 1959, Beach Haven Baptist Church has been a leader in the Southern Baptist Convention when it comes to missions. We have given more than $4 million to the cooperative program since 1959. We'll give more through the years. I hope and pray we can increase those commitments, in fact. Quite frankly, missionaries need that money more than we do. But having said that, we have been committed to international missions. We took some of the first international mission trips among Southern Baptist churches, beginning in about 1981 to Grenada. And we've taken many since then. What I envision is a continuance of those kinds of commitments, but I believe we are at a point now where international missions here in the athens Clark County area has got to come home to this place, and just as Beach Haven has led in the international commission, missions movement, I believe that we can now lead this area in a local missions commitment as well. And it's time, and we can do it. And I believe it's God's will. That's the kind of community He's given us, and I'll elaborate on that a little bit later. So a global church is a church that has not only a global international commitment, but a local, immediate commitment to its community. And this is what is on my heart. There's another word that deserves some definition, and that is great commissionaries. Now, you'll recognize its relationship to Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Great commissionaries are followers of Christ who love and serve Christ's local and global mission. They have a heart for it. They're engaged in it according to their gifts, their calling, their ability, their, their soul however it is that God has gifted them and directed them. But they have the intention of operating according to the terms of Matthew 28, 18 through 20 in their local community and globally as well. Now this statement, this complex statement, has the advantage of echoing Scripture. 
If you'll go back to the statement, if you could. Uh, followers of Christ, well, Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Winning, baptizing, and training. Well, where does that come from? Matthew 28, 19. From all the nations, peoples, tribes, and languages of our region. Well, that's Revelation 7, 9, and 10 that we will look at in just a moment. So this complex statement has the advantage of echoing Scripture, of restating Scripture, but it also has the advantage of creating curiosity. Because not everyone uses the term glocal, not everyone uses the term great commissionary. In fact, it's probably the first time today that you've ever heard such terms. But this was a teaching method of Jesus. Can you recall a place and a term that Jesus used to confuse someone who was listening to him? He said to Nicodemus, unless you are born again, you'll not see the kingdom of heaven. And how did Nicodemus reply? Can I enter back into my mother's womb? He was thoroughly confused. Well, Jesus clarified it for him, and Nicodemus was born again. There is an advantage to using church terms, and I've never been part of the crowd that dismissed religious and church language. I didn't, and and here's why. Karl Marx said, the person who defines the terms wins the debate, and I want us to have the kind of church ministry that permeates the county with New Testament language, because I want Jesus to win the debate. Now, we need to be careful of, um, you know, systematic theology terms. Hypostatic union, no, that's not necessary to use that. Uh, And a variety of others, that's really not necessary. I don't use the word dispensational even unless I find it in the biblical text. And so having said that, I do want us to permeate the community with that because, quite frankly, people have been the kind of people who can learn New Testament terminology. In the community, you just explain it and, and they, they learn it. Look, they, they've mastered cell phones and technology. They can certainly master terms that have been around 2,000 years. But having said that, the truth is, is most lost people don't pay attention to church's vision statements. It's the church that does, and we can learn these things. And I think there's a great teaching opportunity when we create some curiosity. All right. Having said that, I am open to a simple internal statement as well. And that's the next item that is here. Beach Haven follows Jesus Christ by winning great commissionaries of all peoples at the Athens-Clark County region. I think that's good. I, I, I like the complex statement a little bit more, but this might be a bit more manageable and useful uh, for a variety of reasons that we'll cover later. But let me look at an external statement that I think is very winsome and helpful. Beach Haven Baptist Church wins followers for Christ and trains them to serve His mission. The advantage of this is its simplicity. The disadvantage is its simplicity. Uh, People can get the idea they know it all, and it's not very impressive, and it doesn't hook and latch. So we'll have to work through that. Your feedback will be very helpful. All right. These are the vision statements that I am considering and thinking through. We'll need your input. But if this vision is realized, whatever statement we embrace... I want you to imagine the day in the future, the day when Jesus' name and gospel are as widespread here as they are around His throne right now, and the day when it's not unusual to hear of Jesus and His gospel, and it is unusual to hear a witness, a Christian, share the gospel in this day. I'm dreaming of the day when it's not unusual to hear of Jesus' name, but it's unusual when we don't in the public sphere. 
the day when Jesus Christ replaces the University of Georgia and Bulldog football as the primary definer of the Athens-Clark County region. I look forward to that day. No ill wishes against the Bulldogs and Mark Rick. Oh no, not at all. I hope they stay as popular as they are. But Jesus Christ is worthy to surpass any school in the SEC. The day when it's hard to go to hell from the Athens-Clark County region. The day when every Beach Haven member identifies as a great commissionary who wins and trains other great commissionaries. And the day when Beach Haven is a preview of the kingdom Christ will bring when He comes in His glory. If they're curious about the future, I want them to show up here and take a look at it. What it's like for Christ to rule over everything when every enemy is submitted under His feet. If, if they wonder what it's going to be like in the end, I want them to show up here and it appear in this worship center, in every hallway conversation, in every Sunday school classroom, in every ministry, with every breath and every word of Beach Haven Baptist Church. I want them to see that here. And by the power of God, it can happen. Well, there's a third thing, and that is the vision foundation. There are several foundational biblical principles here that we must consider. One is the rule of Jesus Christ. In Matthew 28, 18, Jesus said, All authority is given to me in heaven and on earth. Uh, heaven and earth were Hebrewism for the universe. Every place, everywhere, there's authority. It belongs to me. And the Father gave that to him. Jesus is, Jesus is as authoritative as God because He is God and was shown that by the resurrection of the dead. And so when it comes to defining the ministry and mission of the church, there's only one who really has the authority to do so. And there's no vacancy on His throne, and He's not taking applications. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. So the rule of Jesus Christ must be a very intense, fervent, boiling passion and treasure of the people of God if we are to honor Him. In fact, you come into the faith that way. When you come to Jesus Christ, you must come surrendered and bowed completely to Him. Yielded. Because you, you take Him as He is. And I've got news for this world who might think otherwise. Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So the rule of Jesus Christ is a foundation for any vision of a church. Jesus alone defines the church. But there's a second thing, and that is the kingdom of Christ. Matthew 6.10, Jesus said that we can pray, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, was He teasing us? When he asked us to pray that earth would look like heaven in this day, was he teasing us? Was he holding out a false hope? No. Why did the Lord Jesus teach us to pray, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Because it can happen. Jesus Christ can reshape an entire community, and I believe he wants to. He who, bled for, he who bled for the Athens-Clark County region has every intention of reshaping it into His image to where every element of our life together in this area looks just like Him. 
We're to pray that way. We are to act that way as well. And so we become a preview. He gets all of that started in the community by getting it started here. We look like the kingdom when he rules in all of his glory. But then third, the reach of Jesus Christ. And if you'll look with me at Revelation 7, verse number 9 and 10. Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 and 10. After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. That's what they said with a loud voice, a multitude that no one can number. And look, there were not only there was not only a multitude no one could number, but they were of all nations and tribes and peoples and tongues or languages. This is his reach. In other words, as we're calling for international missions to become home and local missions here at Beach Haven, we have the perfect opportunity in this community to do exactly that. This scene that is created around the throne, beloved, can become the scene recreated in this worship center Sunday by Sunday. It can happen. In fact, in large part, it has happened already. And I believe God enjoys that kind of thing. The reach of Jesus Christ. Then, the fourth foundational element, the Word of Jesus Christ. Romans 10, 17 is a verse you need to memorize. In fact, verse 14 to 17 is, is um, profound for our work together. Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of Christ. If you want to birth faith in the heart and soul of lost people, give them the Word. Give them the Word. There is power in the Word of God. If you want more power in your witnessing encounter, in your teaching ministry, in your parenting, quote the Word of God. In Genesis 1-3, God said, let there be light. Well, at that time, did light exist? No, there was no such thing as light. God created it. That's why He said, let there be light. God said, let there be light when there was no light, and that, watch this, that which did not exist came into being and obeyed God before its existence. That is the power of the Word of God. If I meet resistance in a witnessing encounter or if I sense it in a sermon, I'll just start quoting Scripture. And I'll pile one text on top of another and let heaven bombard unbelief. One of the most unfortunate things ever said by a guest in one of my classes at Southwestern was, it makes no sense to share the Scripture with someone who doesn't believe it. Well, you've got a problem then with John 18, 6, where the mob came to arrest Jesus, and he said, for whom are you searching? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And in the Hebrew tongue, he said, I am he. And they all fell down backwards. Folks, they weren't believers, but they were subject to the power of the Word of God. There is power in the Word. And that's why I believe filling Sunday school classes and worship centers with lost people and preaching and teaching the Word. It is far better than any entertainment we can ever give. Far better. Then the salvation of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Uses kingdom language to explain our role in our 
actions. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim, euangelizo, the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. God saves us that we might share the excellencies of his son. We're saved to serve. Every person who knows Christ is to be vitally, vigorously active in the mission of God in some way, shape, or form in this world. And so, I want to suggest to you that our motto could be what follows here. Our motto could be, bring them in, build them up, send them out. Bring them in, build them up, send them out. Help me with that. Bring them in, build them up, Send them out. Now look at your neighbor and say, we're going to bring them in. Build them up and send them out. Go ahead. When we win someone to the Lord, when I do, I let them know at the very beginning the cost of following Christ. Baptism, church membership, holy living, stewardship, purity of life, and the mission of God. So at the beginning, that's how I enlist people into the faith. I say, now you're not saved by doing those things. You're only saved by grace. But I need to let you know up front, this is what God is going to do with you in His Son. Because He created you to magnify His name and give Him everything. You need to come with a heart that's surrendered that way. That leads us then to some priorities. Establishing priorities is one of the most necessary and challenging things we can ever do. But it does give us direction. It reminds me of the flight that was struck by lightning. And the pilot came over the uh, intercom system and said, Folks, I've got good news and bad news. The bad news is, is that our navigational equipment has been knocked out. The good news is, we're making excellent time. (laughs) I do not want to be a church that is scattered in a thousand different directions, making excellent time without accomplishing something. As a steward, I, I, I can't lead that way. I, I believe in shooting in church ministry most often with a bullet instead of a buckshot. I think that is far more effective. Now, that's not the best illustration of what it means to do ministry. Uh, you understand, but I think, you know, uh, that's where we are and we understand that. There are several priorities then. Uh, that um, I want us to look at. One is a great commissionary heart or Christ-likeness. That means we have faith, hope, and love. Faith in Christ, in God's Word, and in God's power. Hope in Christ's coming. We're thinking about it. It's our hope. It's our longing. We exult in it. Uh, We have hope in the midst of sorrow. We'll teach our people how to get through sorrow without abandoning the faith. And faith in His promises The promises of God will become predominant and preeminent here in this place. Love for God. We're going to love Him. And we're not going to be shy about it. He's good and He's worthy. Love for all people. Anyone that's breathing is subject to the love of Beach Haven Baptist Church. Undying affection and love. And then for our region. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to say to you that over the decade or two, there's been some criticism towards the Athens-Clarks County region. I want to make it very clear to you, I love the athens Clark County metropolitan region. I love the streets. I love the people. 
I love the homes. I love the neighborhoods. I moved here intentionally and purposefully. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the best day to be a citizen of this region. And it's going to get better. And then, love for the church. Jesus loves the church. We're going to love the church right with it. So Christ-likeness, or a great commissionary heart. But there's a second priority, Great Commission Sundays. Billy Britt has made it clear in many conferences that 90% of decisions for Christ come as a result of Sunday morning ministries. Therefore, Sunday morning has got to be the big item in church ministry. Therefore, we will guard Sunday morning from competition for resources and priority. But then there's a third priority, what I'm calling Great Commissionary Worship. It's a bit awkward, but it does uh, express what I am thinking. Great Commissionary Worship will do the following. It will please Jesus Christ. I want to make it real clear to you, and I'll do this later in a subsequent message, but worship is for Christ, it's not for us. If you're blessed by worship, that's great, but it's thoroughly beside the point. There are some worship services that have absolutely terrorized me because the holiness of God was so thick and predominant in the service. And I felt, woe is me, I'm undone, is how I felt. I hope that worship will bless you. I hope that you like it. I hope I like it, but you must understand that is entirely beside the point. The point of worship is this. At the end of worship, we don't say, I was blessed, but we hear from heaven Jesus say, I was blessed, because we don't worship ourselves, we worship Him. (laughs) Worship will involve service as well. There'll be some things that we do in worship you will not like, but again, that's beside the point. It will involve service. Those who prefer something familiar will champion the needs of those who prefer something unfamiliar. Those who prefer something new will champion the worship needs of those who prefer something old or need something old. We'll look out for each other. We'll sacrifice for each other. That's why we call it worship service. And it shall be. We won't be like the Eastern Orthodox, though, who make their members stand for two hours while they watch the worship. We won't do that, but we will give you the opportunity to carry a cross in worship, and therefore worship will look like a crucifixion every Sunday. If for no other reason, you have to look at me for 30 minutes every Sunday, okay? It will involve service. It will consider the community. Our worship will be such that the community will not be repelled or frightened by it, except where the gospel is involved. There are some inherent offenses and stumbling blocks in the gospel, according to 1 Peter 2, 6 through 10. We will not minimize those. In fact, we won't hold back. We'll press those forward. That's what we'll do. But we will not enter into worship human offenses or inventions that offend our community. Number four, worship will involve what God has given us. If God has given us a piano, we shall use it. And thank God He's given us one of the best in the state and the pianist with it. If, 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 uh, if God has given us an electric guitar, we will use it. If God's given us a percussion set, we'll use it. If He's given us trumpets and trombones, we'll use them. We'll use what God has given us. Then worship will expand. I anticipate we'll need to go to two worship services sometime in the future, hopefully sooner than later. Of course, the entire music and worship ministry nearly passed out with that, but uh, that's, uh, that's what I'm anticipating. 
The fourth priority, and, and these are all number one priorities. They're all number one. Okay. They, they've got to be. That doesn't make mathematical sense, but th- these are all priorities. Uh, Sunday school is the next. Great commissionary, what I'm calling great commissionary cultivation. Great commissionary cultivation. In preschool, children, youth, and all adult Sunday school classes, we will cultivate great commissionaries for salvation, baptism, training, and action for the sake of Jesus and His name. Sunday school uses the Bible as its curriculum. We'll teach people how to set aside curriculum, look at the Bible, and come up with a lesson and use curriculum as a supplement, not as a substitute for Scripture. Sunday school is also an open group. That means people can join anytime, anyplace, anywhere, under any circumstance. Uh, The lessons do not build on one another. They're all freestanding. Sunday school is effective as well. In Georgia, the United States, and around the globe, the multiplication of Sunday school classes, or what in the industry we call open groups, is the number one predictor of church growth around the globe. That's why it must be a priority. Then Sunday school is large and it's small. It is the largest ministry we have after worship. But as we grow, we have to get smaller as well to take care of people. Beach Haven Baptist Church will be a church that values pastoral care and takes care of our people once they get in. We don't win them, dunk them, and forget them. That will never happen in this place, at least not by intention or even accident. By intention, we will care for our members and lead them to Christ-likeness and comfort those who need comfort and rejoice with those who rejoice. And we can do that by organizing well in Sunday school. And Sunday school will be the primary means of care. Then Sunday school is flexible. I don't expect that every person in our community will want to attend Beach Haven. There'll be some facets and elements of it that might be intimidating to some. Well, I wish that were not the case, but it is. It's the reality of a lost world. People do not accept each other as quickly as God would intend. They allow clothing and they allow cars and they allow buildings and its appearance to prejudice them against the people they don't even know. That's what happens. But we're not going to be bitter about that and we're not going to resent that. Instead, I would say to you, if they don't come to us, let's go to them with missionary Sunday schools. And get the Word of God into community houses and apartment complexes. Get the Word of God into schoolrooms on Sunday as we rent that space or they let us use it for free. Get it everywhere so that it is hard to go to hell from the Athens-Clark County region. No matter who you are, your race, your socioeconomic status, or your location, we want to make it hard. Evangelism will need to be another priority. I've spent an awful lot of time on that uh, up until August And uh, I think all of that is uh, self-evident. Discipleship is going to be profoundly important, and it's always been in my ministry. This is great commissionary training. Roland Level, a leader in Southern Baptist evangelism in the 30s and 40s, said, No evangelism is complete until the evangelized become evangelists. And so we're going to raise them up to win others to Christ. Right now we use WOW, AWANA, a training piece I call serving retreats, camps, trips, and conferences for this very purpose. I think right now that's adequate. One day we'll need to add. I don't know that we can now. Uh, That means, uh, number two, we will orient all new converts and new members to the ways of Beach Haven and the ways of discipleship. We will teach them the spiritual disciplines of prayer, Bible study, fellowship, and worship. We will teach them to witness and win their world to Christ through evangelism. We'll give our leaders the leadership skills that they need. We will teach our marriage and family that we might have the strongest homes in the United States and the best marriages anywhere, as we dreamed of the day we got married. We will teach apologetics and defending the Christian faith. And then we will teach stewardship, how we organize our time and how we organize our life. 
These priorities then will shape the work of all of our ministries, preschool, children, youth, college, and adult ministries, our social ministries. They will shape each and every one of these. In fact, what I envision is the day when we not only serve the poor and the homeless, we serve with the poor and homeless. The day the day when all the poor and homeless do is receive is over. We want them to give as well. And I want to raise up a mighty great commissionary army amongst them that they might win more and more to Jesus Christ, much like the poor among us here in Beach Haven do. They give, they serve, and I want that for everyone. It's a good thing to serve the Lord. If we reach the way Jesus intends then, Beach Haven Baptist Church will look old and young on purpose. Beach Haven will look familiar and unfamiliar on purpose. Beach Haven will look white and Hispanic, Asian and black, marked with age spots and marked with ink, rich and poor, single and married, sophisticated and simple, PhD and GED, classic and creative, single and family, military and civilian, country club and boys and girls club, red and orange, maroon and blue, biological. I appreciate you upstaging me, dear. You do it all the time. Very good. That's all right. I know where you live. Red Red and orange, maroon and blue, biological and adopted, natural born and fostered. If we reach the way He wants us to reach, Beach Haven will sound English and Spanish, Korean and Mandarin, Southern and Northern, soft and loud, strong and feeble, new and old. It will smell as a sweet fragrance to the Lord and like the embers of hell because we just helped someone get out of it. Glory to His name. Glory. God's vision for your life is consumed with His Son. He created you to be a subject of the King, His Son. He wants the Lord Jesus to inherit you as a treasure upon your repentance and faith in the gospel. That's why He created the world. It was to be a kingdom for His Son. But we rebelled against Him and gave Satan the legal right to own the earth. So He's the God of the world and the Prince of the power of the air. When Jesus went to the cross, though, He went with heaven's court sentence against Him. It was against us because God is a king with a law and a court system and sentences. But in thank God... In this court, He allows substitutions. So when Jesus Christ went to the cross, He carried the death sentence, the capital punishment there, and died our death. And in paying His blood, it reclaimed the earth for His purposes. He purchased legally the earth and all the universe from the forces of evil, and it now belongs to Him. He's not taken possession of it yet, except piece by piece in believers. We are the first fruits, the first installment of His reclamation of all there is. One day, 
He's going to claim it all. But in the meantime, he's offering the earth peace with him because that's what kind of king he is. He would rather save than judge. And so he's established embassies all over the earth and filled them up with ambassadors and filled them up with diplomats. That's you and me. And we enter into rebel camps and tell the traitors with great love and affection and compassion, your king has paid your debt. His father is pleased with him, raised him from the dead, has installed him on the throne. He is your king and he beckons you now to reject your life in the kingdom of darkness and to enter the kingdom of His beloved Son by trusting His death penalty and His resurrection. And that's what He's calling you to do. But you need to know, one day He's going to withdraw the terms of peace and there will never be another opportunity. He will evacuate these embassies as we do before every war and then He will enter in with every horror that you've read of in the book of Revelation. And once He cleanses the earth, Jesus Christ will return on that white stallion and without opposition, take it all over for His name. And then the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our Lord and His Christ, and He shall reign forever and forever. And He wants to show the world what that life is like by claiming you. Why don't you come join your king? Through my simple voice, he's calling you. Right now, heaven's prosecuting attorney, the Holy Spirit, is convicting you and cross-examining you, and you're feeling very uncomfortable right now. You can have great relief from God that will last forever and all eternity, a forgiveness that will never go away, if you will simply, in your heart, reject your life outside of Christ and embrace the cross of Jesus Christ and trust Him and Him alone for salvation. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to sing a song. And when we sing that song, I want you to stand and immediately come meet one of our staff members here in the front. You're surrounded by people who've done this, and it would absolutely thrill them for you to do that today. So you're in the midst of friends. So why don't you come and tell one, a staff member your need today, and we encourage you to come. Would you quietly and quickly stand with me? I'm going to pray for you, and after I pray, we'll start singing. Please quickly stand. Father, we thank you that Jesus Christ is King and we want to be a faithful outpost and colony of that kingdom. But we know right now there are some that are in the kingdom of darkness. We want to ask you to help them to repent and turn to Christ their King in the kingdom of light. We pray that they would experience grace and all the help of heaven that they need to repent and believe. I pray they would do so with utter sincerity. I pray they would repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We bless you and thank you for hearing us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.